0: This show is presented by FL Teams. Check out FLteams.com, your go to one stop shop for all Florida sports coverage. Also, check out at FL Teams on social media. This is Hahi 305. I'm your host, James, and happy Labor Day, everyone. We celebrate this holiday to recognize uh, the contributors of the labor movement, military, bomb, and everyone. We say thank you for this amazing holiday, and because of that, I was able to celebrate with y'all, and the way to celebrate with y'all for today is we talk about what's going on around the Miami sports, um, and we we should start off by um, poking the bear a little bit, because I think this needs to be, again, addressed of uh, what's been happening, and the fact that it's still an ongoing issue, it really mind-boggles me, and it really mind-boggles a lot of people in the Miami area. And if you know what I'm talking about, we are talking about the Miami Marlins. What the hell? They are – they just look lifeless. They are lifeless. And um, a lot of things that could have went wrong could actually turn out to be wrong. Ever since that Jazz Jisman injury, right, through his, he was expected to come back some point around the All-Star break. And it turns out that that injury that he had, as he was selected to become an All-Star in the month of July, right, we didn't know that that injury that he was expected to come back could actually turn out to be a season-ending injury. He was put in a 60-day IL a week after the All-Star break. It's, a, it's the timing is so unbelievable, right? That was our best hitters, our best project hitters. Prospect, not project, prospect. And we had we had more injuries happening. We had this injury bug that happened. Soler got hurt. Garcia someone got hurt, and then he stank. So to this day, right, Jorge Soler is still in a rehab assignment. Trying to get back up to the major leagues. Pro- that's not going to happen this season. Probably before you know it, it's probably too late. Meanwhile, we're stuck with the with the young talent that is trying. They are trying, but they are just lifeless. The hitting is terrible. The relief pitching is also terrible. The starting pitcher, starting pitching has peaked, and uh, and it, it seems as though as Alcantaras. Our best pitcher has also peaked. He can't pitch. None of them can pitch. I still think he can win a Cy Young because he has more, more complete games than the main teams like the Boston Red Sox, even the Los Angeles Dodgers. Did you know last Saturday? I didn't cover it last week because A, I was under a tight schedule. B, we did an episode last week, and I was not able to come back to do a second episode of the week last week because we were talking about the Miami Hurricanes. See? I did not want to talk about the Miami Marlins. Let's be real. But we are going to talk about it. We already are talking about it. But it is something we should know. This is from this is from Twitter uh, named Luis Adio-Wise. 2021, Miami Marlins threw 132 games, 55-75 ah. 55 77. They have a 237 uh, average, 304 and 377. In the offseason, team spends $85 million on Jorge Soler and Ives El Garcia this offseason. 2022, Miami Marlins threw 132 games, 55 77. So it's an identical record off of this horrible losing streak, but 228 293 and 361. So it seems as though, as even with the with the good moves, our average has been has lowered than what it was last season. So are you implying that our team was better than last season? I don't know. It seems as though as this team just cannot catch a break. A, we have a horrible leadership. B, I think our head coach has peaked. As well. I think he should go. I'm sorry. Don Manley is a good person, a good coach, a good manager. It's all in all a good person, but he cannot manage for crap anymore. I think this offseason, this uh, front office needs to be nuked. The coaching staff needs to be nuked. Put guys who are willing to win games and take this more seriously as he as Don Malley would, because he can't do it anymore. He just can't. Because of this, we are under a very long stretch of losing. And right now, as we speak, we are on a seven-game losing streak. That's more of a losing streak than the winning streak back in April. April, we won seven games in a row. That was the point when we were above 500. We were four games above 500. When Jorge Soler was healthy, Garcia was hitting the baseball, Jazz Jism is kicking kicking butt. The starting pitchers were really good. Um, we were playing against a team like, you know, granted, we're playing against the Nationals, but we're playing against the Mariners. The Mariners, who are on a hot streak right now, we beat them. We, we won the series against them in Miami in the month of April. The first winning streak and the games above 500 since 2016. Again, 2016, the team was pretty good. That was a good team back then. We had the big-name players who were the biggest names now, and we traded them all away. That's a, the that's a problem with the front office. We traded them away. They are making a big impact somewhere else. And now it seems like Louise Brinson is making a big name for himself because he just had a walk-off um against the Phillies with the San Francisco Giants. I just don't believe what's happening. It's it's an ongoing problem, and I don't think it'll ever ever be addressed. And now the paranoia that this team will get relocated somewhere else where they would make the impact. Believe me, as much as this team pains me to watch, don't move. We want this. We want the team to succeed in Miami. In baseball is very important, believe it or not. All right, extremely important. And let alone sports is becoming more important. You know, soccer it's making a big name. Football it's 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 the new re- leadership and a new regime for both Hurricanes and the Dolphins is becoming important. Hockey is is hot. Basketball's and and right now basketball is. Miami's a basketball city, right? The Hurricanes are kind of proving it, too. It ain't just the Hurricanes. It's the Miami Heat, a.k.a. the best team in Miami, right? Miami Heat has always been the best team in Miami. They consistently make the playoffs. Consistently. In fact, I would say it's one of the only Miami teams that would make the playoffs. The only. You know? 2019 has not been a good year. Let's be real. 2019 was probably the worst year of Miami sports. Dolphins were under a terrible losing stretch. The Heat barely missing the playoffs, but we had the moments with Dwayne Wade with his clutch three on my dad's birthday. Uh, Florida Panthers were their usual selves. The Marlins were their usual selves. Since 2019, Miami sports have, have risen. really risen up into being a sports city of America. It ain't just Tampa Bay. Let's be real. It ain't just Tampa. Tampa's good ever since Tom Brady came along. But Miami is getting hot, and and it's going to get even hotter if this team right here would actually do something to essentially be good. I don't know. I've said what I said. All in all, I said my piece again for the customer time. Um, and I gotta be honest with you, I have not been watching the Marlins games because I just don't think I would enjoy myself watching the Marlins game. A lot of pain has been happening this for the last couple of weeks, including this one. Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. So not much a Miami news, but it kinda is because Miami Heats were involved in the trade talks with Utah Jazz to potentially trade some of their guys to uh, Utah for Don Mitchell. You want know who else was also in the trade talks? The Knicks. Arguably, they offered better uh, than what the Heat offered, and they still <laughs> couldn't get Tom Mitchell. I feel bad for the Knicks fans. Um, and then, a few days ago... Out of nowhere, we get the report saying Donovan Mitchell's been traded. Like, okay, so it's probably a fake report. Then ESPN came out and said Donovan Mitchell's been traded to Cleveland Cleveland. And I'm like, what? And uh, and that goes for everyone, too. Our fan base, the Heat fan base, is upset about this. The Knicks fans were upset about this. And um, Utah is probably upset about it, too. Now they're, now they're officially in a rebuild year. And speaking of rebuild year, Cleveland Cavaliers were in the rebuild year. They had these young people. They traded the whole, they they pretty much traded the whole team slash their draft mix for this guy. Didn't Donovan Mitchell say he wanted to be traded to a competitive team? Cleveland Cavaliers weren't even that competitive. They made it to the play-in, but they weren't as competitive as, say, the Miami Heat, who were the bigger competitor of the Eastern Conference. The Knicks they always have a hard time being competitive. And I feel bad. They're under a terrible, terrible leadership under James Dolan. Probably one of the worst ex- executives and owners in NBA to this day in history. Maybe that's why Don Mitchell would not go to the Knicks because he do, probably did not want to play under uh, James Dolan. And if that's the case, I wouldn't blame him. But if there's a different reason, then uh, I'm sorry. Either you play for the Heat or you play for the Knicks. Either way, those were both good options. You could make a bigger name for yourself in one of these teams. But then they but then he gets traded to Cleveland. That is roughly out of nowhere, too. Very interesting. And I'm curious to see how it goes for Donovan Mitchell and his run for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So what now? What now for the Miami Heat? Um... The offseason is still going on. We're still trying to make a trade. We're still trying to trade away, you know, Duncan Robinson. Um, we just don't know. There could be a three-way trade. There could be a trade to Atlanta Hawks where we get this guy named Cam Reddish. A, arguably a good, very good offensive player who knows how to assist the basketball and knows how to get the ball movement up to the paint and slam dunks. Him and Bam could be a really, really good duo if the trade would ever happen, but we don't know what's going to happen. The heat schedule is out. Um, it's only like before you know it, the football season is here, which is already here this week. We got Thursday night football, Los Angeles Rams versus the Buffalo Bills. And before you know it, the Miami Dolphins football is going to happen. And, um, and before you know it, hockey season happens. Oh. And before you know it, the heat basketball happens. So time is ticking, pal. Time is ticking. We have we barely made any moves. We just resigned players like Mitchell Lodipo, Dwayne Denman. We signed some rookie talents, um, like Orlando Robinson, Nikola Jovic. Uh we drafted this dude. Um he could be a good player. I think he's already a good player. He 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 proved himself to be a good player in the summer league. So I so no no doubt he'll probably make the roster. Uh, Adonis Hassam comes back for his final year, making his promise to his dad. Um, PJ Tucker going off to Philadelphia. Um, where, where, what's going on? What's going on? I like to know. I think all of us have a right to know. So with that, let's talk about the positives. Um, you know, the heat thing wasn't much of a positive. It's just a matter of, it's a wonder what happens. We like to know. For, I think we'd set our peace with the Florida Panthers. Um, the hockey season's coming up. They're playing against the Islanders, you know, the team of Long Island. Um, and, and yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about football Miami Hurricanes versus Bethune Cookman Wildcats. Um, one of fellow. Uh, Florida schools in Daytona beach by the beach and by the airport. Um, so with Bethune Cookman, you know, trying to make the name, they are in the state, they are in a conference called Southern athletic, Southern Southwestern athletic. That's their division school. Florida a&- A&M is also a part of that conference as well. Believe it or not. But, um, Yeah, we played against them from uh, Daytona Beach. Played in Hard Rock Stadium. And the attendance in Hard Rock Stadium has exceeded its own since last season. Again, the attendance have grown even higher or tied it from the last year's total attendance record. And it's crazy. It's crazy the atmosphere of the game. I I love it. The place is powerful. It was packed. Granted, some people left early, you know, because it was an easy game. You know, uh, I'm not saying that the attendance rate is better than the Florida Gators' attendance because the, the Gators, their attendance was actually really, really good. And I would take it, too. So, the attendance for that game, 56,795 fans. First time since Miami hosted Louisville in 2019. Have had have lost 50,000 uh, people in the game. 2020, well, COVID year. Well, we can't really count the COVID year because of, you know, BS. And last year's two of four start didn't bring them down, bring them out to the groves. That is, that is a tweet from Manny Navarro making a good tweet. 57,000 folks. 56,000, almost 57. But anyway, to the Hurricanes, a recap. Tyler Van Dijk is playing football. We also had a hat trick, and our defense have taken over the second half after a after a pretty good leadership. I'll talk about this. So, you know, we have a field goal from Dylan Malk them. It was a 29-yard field goal. Me off takes over. And um uh Thaddeus Franklin Jr., a running back, makes it a four-yard run. That's seven to three. And then Henry Parrish. H- H- Henry, yeah, Henry Parrish Jr., five-yard run, makes it 14-3. This kid is good, Henry Parrish. And I'll tell you how he's good. he, he also run a six-yard run after. And this was after the interception. It was an interception. And um he scores a touchdown. Another one from Henry Paris. That's his second in the game. Following an interception, a pick six. A juke to the end zone. 28 to 3 now. Oh sure. 28 to 3. It is kind of a scare because afterwards, afterwards, uh Gilbert for uh Sin, 32-yard interception return. Quashon uh, Bride, 34-yard pass from Jalen Jones to make it 10 to 28. I'm like, ah oh, no! Could you imagine if that would actually be the case? This would be a meme all around. But no, because because Xavier Restrepo, I can't pronounce the name. I'm sorry. 16-yard pass from Tyler Van Dyke, Van Dyke, 20 to 10 to 35. And then Henry Paris Jr. again. He has a hat trick touchdown. Three touchdowns scored in the game for this man. Ten to forty-two. Third quarter. Only the field goal for Bethune Cookman. Dylan Malkheadam. Thirteen to forty-nine. Thaddeus Jr. Thaddeus Franklin Jr. His second touchdown. Fifty-six to thirteen. This was after this touchdown from Van Dyke with Michael Redding III. So it seems like this this Miami D, this Miami offense loves to run. They like to run the football, and they can do it better. Um, they better than how they did last. Running was terrible last. Year. And the game seems to be a lot better this season than they were last season. Granted, again, they're playing against um, a team that is not really well known. But a true test happens when we play against a team like Texas A&M. Then the fourth quarter, uh, Devin Perry with a four-yard four run for a touchdown, 63-13. to 13. And then Terrell Waltz in the second with another running touchdown, 13-70. To 70-13 Miami victory. Ten touchdowns. Absolutely insane. You know, the Oregon Ducks fans were talking a lot of crap about us. And they got their they got their butts kicked by Georgia, and because now they're unranked, I think the updated um, ranking now Miami is now nine, because the, the teams that were pretty good were fallen from a better team like Notre Dame has fallen, Oregon Ducks definitely fallen, Utah they've fallen big. They, they choked at the end, so when they threw the interception to the Florida Gators. And uh, we went from number 16 to number 9. It's a pretty good, pretty beautiful thing. Let's go Dolphins. Football, football NFL season is here. Football season is here. We are just one week away. Six days away. And I'm Extremely nervous and I'm an extremely excited for this. And I can't wait. I'm gonna be there to watch it happen. I'm gonna record a vlog to watch it happen. I'm going to react to watch it happen. I am going to lose my mind to watch it happen. Because they're complaining against the New England Patriots, our division rival against a new leadership under Mike McDaniel, to a plane with Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill, Edmonds, Kaseki potentially playing. I'm excited. We have a 53-man roster now. I'm excited. But I'm also very nervous because I want to win. We all want to win. Let's be real. We all want to win, especially against the New England Patriots, who've given us a hard time. Little given everyone in the AFC's a hard time under under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady, he's good. He went to the Buccaneers because he couldn't take Bill Belichick anymore. But Bill Belichick is still a mastermind coach. So to us getting ready to be the the one of the only quarterbacks to undefeated against Bill Belichick's New England Patriots. It's not gonna last forever, but imagine if it does. I don't think so. But I hope it's not this one because I will be there to watch it. I'm going to be ready. For it, and that's gonna do it for this Labor Day edition of High Heat 305. I hope you enjoyed this video. On behalf of FL Teams, myself, Happy Labor Day, and we are and we love you all. And when we do, we'll be right there with you, the entertainment you deserve. All right, folks, FL Teams signing out, folks. Good night, everybody.